Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burrigan campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you are always at work. To this very day, you are at work. And we pray that you will work in and through us, through your spirit this morning. Come and minister to us this morning. Lord, set our hearts free from what holds us captive to this world, what separates us from you. Set us free. Make a way, Lord. Break through those barriers. And as we come before your word, may the word come alive in us, Holy Spirit, to teach us the truth of the living word. And Lord, I pray, use your servant as your mouthpiece to speak your, the truth to your precious children that we that have gathered in your name. Father, we come humbly and expectantly and ask in the name that is peace. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said, amen, amen. Please be seated. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. It's so good to have you here in person and online as well. Let me take a sip. How amazing was that worship? We just have such a great worship team and also the volunteers, the guys out. It's raining, parking guys. Can we put our hand together for our volunteers? They do an amazing job. And look, they gave me water as well. That's fantastic. All right. Well, today we're going to continue with our series on people of peace. And you know, last week, Dan reminded us that as people of peace, we're called to evangelism, to share the good news of the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus and what it means to me, what it means to you, and what it means to everyone around us. And as a follower of Jesus, that we have been commissioned to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them, not only that, but teaching them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded us. And the promise is that he will be with us wherever we go, always he will be with us through his Spirit to the very end of age. What a great promise. You know, this is not an option for us. This is not something that we choose to do, all right? This is a command. And when we go where our Lord is at work, we will meet people to share the gospel, right? We will meet people that will be responsive, that will be acceptive of the word. Because God goes, he makes the way, he paves the way, he's there, he's gone and done before. So we need to join him where he is at work. Then reminded us that the harvest is plentiful, 
but the workers are few. And so as God speaks to, to us today, um, let's not put God in a box, but let's be open to whatever or wherever he might be calling us to. Let's pray in our hearts to the Lord of the harvest to reveal to each one of us where he is at work. You know, God can be working in a person, a situation, a place. He can be in a work of changing culture in a place or cultural settings. Outside, inside the church, he's at work everywhere. So let's pray in our hearts for God to show us where he is at work. And as we do that, it is the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit who will lead us to where he is at work. So today, let's learn from how the Spirit led Paul and his companions in the spreading of the gospel found in Acts chapter 16. Now we know that Luke is the author of, author of Acts, Luke and Acts in the gospel, and so we will see that Luke actually joins the companions partway through, and we'll come to that. So I have a confession to make. I forgot to bring my Bible today. I left it on my, on my desk in the study. I was looking through it last night, preparing, and I left it. And so where would be a good place to find a Bible in the church, right? I went through all the pastor's offices. Um, and good old Graham, he had three copies on him. Bless him. He had three copies. But I didn't grab it because they were too thick. But I pinched it from Keystone, right? Keystone, good on you. Um, but there we go. Anyway, let's come to Acts 16, chapter, six, uh, chapter 16, verses 6 to 10. It's on the screen. It's a great little narrative. Love it. Uh, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mycenae and went out to Troas. Now during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia, come and help us. And Paul had seen the vision. We got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. This is God's word for us today. Now, Acts chapter 16 commences with introduction to a young man named Timothy. Right? It begins with Timothy and how Paul and Silas had taken Timothy on this missionary journey. And the very next thing we come to is this passage. Now, Luke doesn't explain to us why Paul, what Paul's plans were, why he was heading up that way, but narrative makes it clear that Paul's progress was directed by God in various ways. Paul's progress was directed by God. That the Spirit of God himself led Paul and his companions to where he was at work. God was leading him 
right? Paul and his companion to where he was at work. So if you look at the screen, the map shows us, thank you, we start with the purple man, then we head our way to orange man, right? That's Paul and his companions. So Paul meets Timothy in Iconium in Lystra, and they make their way. Now, where Mycenae and Bithynia is, up the top there, that's where Paul wanted to go. Actually, he wanted to go south, then he wanted to go north, but God blocks him. The Holy Spirit stops him, and he ends up in Troas, where the orange person is. There he has his dream, and he enters into Neapolis and Philippi, and hence he comes down. Now, woman in the word, you are going to be studying 1 Corinthians in a couple of weeks, I believe. The blue man is where Corinth is, and this is kind of start, the beginning of Paul's journey into Corinth and the setting. Okay, that was a side note, but coming back. Now, later on in the chapter of Acts 16, we see the fruits of disobedience of Paul and his companions as the gospel is shared in now what is the continent of Europe, right? And the churches are born there. So what do we observe about being led by the Spirit of God in this narrative? Three things, three things that pop up. First, the Holy Spirit leads us through restraint. Secondly, the Holy Spirit leads us through revelation. And thirdly, Holy Spirit leads us through hardship. So let's have a look at each of them in turn. Firstly, Holy Spirit leads us through restraint. The Holy Spirit can lead us through whatever or wherever God is at work through restraint. Verse 6 says, But the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them, would not allow them to go into the areas that Paul wanted to go. He closes the door where he is not at work for you and for me, maybe for this church. He is always at work, but where he wants us to be, he will lead us through his spirit. And at times, no matter how much of a good thing that it might be, if we're not called to or led to it, we should not go. It doesn't necessarily mean that God is not at work in that place. We might be seeing people being saved. We might have a great need that is out there. But if the Spirit not is leading us to that place, we should not go. It might be for someone else. It might be for another church. It might not be our time. For whatever reason, if the Spirit is not leading us, we should not go. Hence, we may be restricted in going, and it is so important for us to discern where God is at work and ask the question if he is calling us there. Are you calling us there? And if we're not invited or if we're not revealed that we should be there, we, we don't get disappointed, but we actually wait on him. We wait on him. And in his perfect timing, he will lead us. Paul wanted to go to Asia to preach? No. Nope. To Bithynia? No. Nope. He wanted to do God's work. He wanted to preach the gospel. 
but the doors were closed. But we know that later on in his journey and in others, and through the good news of the Jesus, good news of Jesus, the gospel is shared in those places as well. Right? It wasn't time for Paul to go. So where is God working? Right? We need to know that. God will invite and reveal to us where he is at work. And that's what we experienced when we announced to the church about the church plant. So when we announced to the church that we were looking at, the ministry leaders are seeking, and that God, I felt, led to be part of a church plant, not long after that, we were informed of a church that potentially we may come alongside to support, like Kublap and like Thornley. There was another church that came across our radar. And as we prayed and as we discerned the ministry leaders, we felt that God was not calling us to this specific church. So we felt the door was closed. But we were led, as you know, to the Southern Corridor, right? We were led to the Southern Corridor. And we met with the city of Coburn Geonetworks and we prayed with them, the pastors of the city of Coburn, we prayed with them. There was such a great time of prayer. A lot of blessing, a lot of prophetic word and an invitation, an open arm to say, please come and be part of what's happening at city of Coburn. We knew God was at work here. We knew God was at work. And not long after that, we were approached by a couple of gentlemen from a church a bit further down south. Now they currently meet in Quinana. Now, these gentlemen's names are Nick and Gary, right? Yeah, go figure, right? So we have our Nick and Gary. So whenever I refer to them, it's their Nick and Gary and our Nick and Gary, right? So their Nick and Gary and our Nick and Gary and I met in January. And we've been in conversation, we've been keeping in touch to discern if God is at work here. To discern if God is at work and in us and whether he is inviting us and he's wanting us to come together to plant a church. <clears throat> well, five weeks ago, the name of the church is Divine Church, unanimously decided to be part of this plant and be part of a campus of Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. That's amazing news, amazing things that we could not do that God has brought together. The Holy Spirit leads us. What seems like closed doors, he opens up a path, a way. He makes the way. He leads us. And we just need to discern and know where God is calling us to. Now, what happened to the other church, you might be thinking? Why do we leave him hanging and dry, right? As we felt the door was closing, three other churches close by rallied around that church and they're supporting that church to grow. Obviously, God wasn't leading us to that church, but he was leading other churches to come into that place. God is always at work, church. God is always at work, but we might not be called to everything that is out there. We need to hear his voice. 
We need to be prompted by his leading, and we need to be obedient to that call. Because when we do go where he wants us to go, and when he wants us to, we will bear much fruit. We will bear fruit. The second way in which the Holy Spirit leads us is through revelation. God leads us to where is that work by revealing it to us. Now, this revelation can come in many ways, prophetic word, visions, images, and we won't go through them all today, but Luke records a few of the visions for key individuals at significant points in their lives in, in the book of Acts. You think of Stephen, think of Ananias and Saul, Cornelius and Peter, and now even to Paul in this case. Now, Paul's heart, as we know, was to go and spread the gospel, but he was hindered and eventually ended up in Troas, and that's where he had the vision revealing him where he was to go. It was a revelation of come to Macedonia and help us. Paul and company considered their vision and the context of all that had gone before, all the hindrances, all the restrictions, and it came together and they knew, they knew that God was calling them to Macedonia. In their hearts, they knew. And there was no hesitation by Paul and the companions in going from Troas to Neapolis and on to Philippi. And now when the Spirit gives us a revelation where God is at work, we need to be obedient and we need to go. Even though it might not be what we were planning or expecting, if the revelation is clear, we need to act on it. Now let me give you an example. When we are searching for a youth pastor, we were restricted in our search. Um, when I say restricted, there was no youth pastor who applied for the position. I don't know if I shared this with you. Absolutely no one. Um, yeah, it's sad, isn't it? Um, we looked, put out adverts in, in WA, in Victoria, and in Queensland, not a single application. We, we meaning Dan, myself, and others around the place, we kept on knocking on doors, and we asked nothing. In one case, it was like a big slam in the face for Dan. I really felt for him, but nothing. Now, by this time, we were getting close to a, a year, a year in searching for a youth pastor. So at our one, one of our monthly NextGen meetings, we talked about this, and the Spirit, we truly believe the Spirit led us into a discussion about discipleship and raising the, raising the next generations of leaders. You know, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And so at that meeting, we ended up praying that we will be a church who will raise up leaders, that we will be intentional in doing that. Now, I know this was leading of the Spirit and not our decision to do so, because looking back, the Spirit was leading us to where he was at work, right? where he was at work. Now, Dan talked about a little white-haired man last week. Well, it wasn't a little white-haired man, but Craig Palmer, God bless him, Craig Palmer rang Dan. 
So we, ministry leaders, Craig, Janelle, we met, and we shared where mountains were at in our search for a youth pastor, and they shared their heart, um, and we shared our direction and a vision, and they shared their heart uh, where God might be leading them, and their journey, and their passion, and their drive. And we came away feeling, what on earth was that? Can anything good come out of, no. Um, It was actually awesome. It was so beautiful. After the meeting, God revealed that their hearts, or at the meeting, God revealed that their heart was for young adults, for discipleship and raising up of leaders. Now, we didn't plan that. We didn't want people. We weren't looking for Those kind of people. We were looking for a youth pastor. Now, there was a couple of things that needed to fall into place for everything to fall into place, right? So as the Spirit led, Dan graciously transitioned to youth and Craig came into the current role. And it's wonderful. God revealed to us where he's at work in this church. And he brought the person, revealed to us, but also having a chat with Craig, God revealed to Craig that this was the place that he needed to be. God leads us, connects us. Just wonderful. So even with this experience, we weren't given a green light to go ahead and find the youth pastor and plonk him or her in and then... It was when the Spirit worked in us, moving our hearts, revealing to us and raising up of leaders. That's where he was at work. And he led us to that. He led us to that. Leading Craig to contact us. And there's so much more to that story as well. If you want, just grab Craig and ask, how did you get to come to Mounties? And I know there'll be so much fruit as, we, as you've seen on the clip with the recent young adult retreats, we're seeing some of that already. And we pray that it will continue, that it will continue. And we're not in, only encouraged by this narrative, but by Luke's narrative to believe in God's sovereignty, right? And the intervention to direct the progress of his word and his people to where he is at work. He continually, he is always and continually at work. We just need to be just open to where he is leading us. And it's beautiful and it brings great joy. But all of this, all of this doesn't necessarily happen without hardships. And that's the last thing that, uh, that I like to say about Holy Spirit leading us through is that he leads us through hardships. It's not always fine and dandy. It's not roses, colored roses, and, you know, everything is beautiful. Holy Spirit leads us through hardships to where he is at work for the spread of the kingdom of God. I don't know if you picked up the change in the language from verse 8 to verse 10, but Luke continues refers to Paul, Silas, and Timothy as day. But in Troas, he changes to we, to include himself. Meaning at some point when they were in Troas, Luke joined them. The author of the, 
and author of Acts, actually joined them. Now, some scholars say that Luke may have joined the company of travelers because Paul was not well. He was actually sick and came to attend Paul's needs. And scripture says that Paul went through many hardships. We know that he says it himself, many difficult situations, as he says in 2 Corinthians 11. He says, I worked much harder, being in prison more frequently, being flogged more severely, and being exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger in the sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked besides everything else. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. When we listen to God, when we hear God and we go in his name, hardships follow Hardships follow. When God calls us to where he is at work, we will experience hardships. We will experience persecution. And at times, we will experience failures. But let the Holy Spirit encourage us. The power who raised Jesus, the spirit of power, that power dwells in us. That power dwells in us. The power that raised Jesus from death dwells in us. And no matter what we face, whatever opposition, whatever persecution, and whatever hardships, can I encourage you not to take it personally? Don't take it personally, because their opposition, their persecution is not against you and me, but the one who died on the cross. Their actual persecution... Their opposition is actually against Jesus. You know, if I take it personally, and I have in the past, I have, then I know I was not working or serving to share the good news of Jesus for the kingdom of God, but it was actually for me. That's why I take it personally. A sure test is to see the fruit that we are bearing. What fruit am I bearing when I go in his name? Is it for the kingdom or is it actually for me? Am I bearing good fruit, lasting fruit, or am I bearing rotten fruit? Hardships and failures do not demoralize us when we know it is where God is at work and not us. Where he has invited us, it is not easy, but it is absolute privilege to go in his name to preach the gospel, to share the gospel, to bring light into that darkness. Can I leave that with you to meditate on that throughout the week? For the Spirit will lead us through hardships. To conclude, we know that when we trust in God and seek to go where he is at work, God will open doors. 
but he will also close doors as he sees best. And whether God directs, God's direction comes through circumstances or through prophetic insights or through a vision, as God's people, we will need to reflect, to discern together on the leading that we have received. Now, changing gears, I was meditating on this message and God gave me this image. Thanks, Ross. God gave me this image. Now, let me tell you about the emperor penguins. And I said, oh, Lord, thank you. Nice, nice image. I love that image. But what about it? Well, in the center of Antarctica, a colony of male emperor penguins are left quite literally holding onto the baby throughout the winter months. Now, you would have... This is when David Edinburgh's voiceover should be coming over the speakers, right? We love, well, I love David Edinburgh, atheist, but whenever he opens his mouth, he preaches the gospel, right? He preaches God and, yeah. Anyway, these male emperor penguins left with the baby, uh, nearing starvation, they wait for the return of the females. Now, guess where the females have been? They've been on a fishing trip for two months while the men are holding onto the baby, huddled around in the bitter cold. These females are, as David Edinburgh said, not my word, David Edinburgh said, fattening themselves up over two months fishing. Right? They do that. And they um, have their fill and they store some more and they come and they find their right partner and they feed the chick. Anyway, then it's the male's turn. And they actually walk and toboggan, they kind of slide, up to 200 kilometers just to get to the water's edge. Just to get to the water's edge. And then they go, they feed, and they bring back food, and they feed the chick, and they take turns, right? They take turns, back and forth, back and forth until the chicks are ready to face the world. All right, so what? I said, so what, Lord? So what? As I shared, God is at work here at Mount is raising leaders. Right? God is raising leaders. And I think it's critically important that we not only raise leaders, but we take our Timothy's along our journey. Soon as Paul met Timothy, chapter 16, verse 1, he took him along. Not only in the good times and the good things, but he actually took him along through the hardships. And as the Spirit leads, we must raise up disciples, teaching them, taking them with us as Paul did, not only in the good times, through the hard times as well, that they will be prepared to share the gospel. To be prepared in season and out of season to correct, to rebuke, and to encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. It is going to be hard work, but can I encourage all of us to raise a Timothy? It can be at your workplace, at your school, at your home, wherever God is at work. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. 
And trust me when I say, when we raise a Timothy, for every experience they experience and every challenge that they overcome, it reminds us of the goodness of God in our lives, my experiences, my journey. And it just fuels that. It fuels us. It fuels me. And I'm encouraged. How God has been faithful and he's been good to me and I see that happening in our young ones growing up. It's amazing. Can I encourage you, church? God is at work here to raise up people. Not only, not only as pastors, as ministers, but as accountants, as engineers, as doctors, as nurses, as teachers. It's not only about raising pastors, but people of God in every space that God has planted them. So as we come to a time of reflection, can we ponder on these three questions? Where is he stopping us or stopping you from going? Where doesn't he want, where does he don't want you to go? Or where is he leading you to? Where is he calling you to? And also, who can you take on your journey? Let's spend some time and I'll pray and we'll close. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come afresh in our lives. 
Help us each day that we may be in step with yours. Help us to draw strength and wisdom and understanding and power. And as we live out the truth of your word, continue to lead us, guide us, even though the world says otherwise, grant us the courage and the strength to go where you are at work. Help us to discern and know with certainty where you're leading us to. And Lord, I pray that you will continue to, as we meditate on your word and throughout the week, to pray and seek our Timothys. Be gracious and reveal them to us. That we can journey with them. Through the good and through the difficult times. That they'll be your people to bring light into the darkness wherever you have placed them. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.